Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. We should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I am your co-host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us today is PJ Harzma, the author of the Softwire series and a number of other interesting projects. Welcome to the show, PJ. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So we met him when we were doing uh, the the Conman show a few weeks ago um, with Alan Tudyk. PJ wasn't along for the ride that time, but he um, produced the very amusing uh, web series, and then we found out about his other work, so we thought we'd talk about that for a while. Good. Other work. Other work. Yeah, that's mysterious. Yeah, you you have a lot of visibility because, you know, you're working with Alan Alan Tudyk and the very popular Con Man series. But I'm betting not as many people know that you are also a published author uh, of some accomplishments. Of some accomplishment. The Uh, award-winning Softwire series started in 2006 with Virus on Orbis 1. And there are four books in the series. And there are only four rings in the Orbis uh, space station system, but... uh, You guys know your stuff. Yeah, we we like read books. (laughs) Yeah, we... Yeah, no, I'm very proud of those books. I wrote When I wrote those, it was at a weird time in my life, and I just wasn't happy with what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I started writing really out of, uh, you know, sort of a, a therapy in a sense. I mean, that's not what I tell the kids when I visit them in schools. I tell them I found an alien when I was a teenager, and that's what made me write the books. But truth being, I was just sort of at that point in my life where I was searching for something. I had been in advertising, and I wasn't really happy. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I took a stab at that story. I, I always loved stories and building worlds. And out of it came uh, came the software, and it was... It was quite a rewarding experience. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about publishing. Uh, and then that, that book series was, you know, Alan had read that and, and really liked it and asked me, he goes, I got a project I'm doing. I would love to take the world of that, of Softwire and use it in my story. Can I do that? And I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. Oh, so that led to being a, a substantive material for... Well, in Conman, they were in a TV series, you see, uh-huh. which and a comic book, I guess now. Um, but it, the the work itself had to be something. It's kind of meta. 
very meta. It's, it's, it's a but meta book. Use, of course, we couldn't use Firefly, and we still needed a big world, and we had it was all developed. I mean, world building's a big thing. Building the software, I mean, literally, I've been working on for 15 years. It's it's giant. There's a there's a philosophy. There's alien races and wars and politics, and there's a lot in that uh, in the world. So it was easy for us to let the Spectrum story careen off it, grab a couple characters, use the overarching good versus evil within the world, but then create a, a new storyline uh, within itself with the crew of Spectrum. So James Raker and Cash Wayne and the, and, the, and the crew of the Spectrum go off and do their own missions, but they pick up the character of Cytheria, they... They meet everybody in the Rings of Warbus at the start of the first Spectrum book. And so that world was already built, and then we could just rely on creating the characters uh, of Spectrum. I am just grinning ear to ear at this point. Yeah, he is. Because, <laughs> because the con man, the whole con man thing, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's, for those of you who haven't yet seen it, you should go look it up on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, uh, what's the channel no, name of the iTunes on iTunes? It's on iTunes right now. iTunes and Amazon. Demand. Okay. Pay for it. Be good. We know you're good, good humans. And you better hurry because we're in the, I'm in the final stages of a deal for season two. So mm. where it is right now, it might go away. We started writer's room this week. So everything is, is going, you know, hundred miles an hour for season two. So are there going to be like, like flashbacks, production flashbacks to spectrum? You know, from when Alan Tudyk's character uh, goes back to, you know, when he was working on the show, the fictional show within the show. Yeah, you know, it's it, will they make a Spectrum movie? Is that is the overall series question? Oh gosh, <laughs> art imitates life. I love yeah, this. Yeah. You know, I so worked on I worked on uh, the Firefly movie Serenity. Oh. Oh, and I, yeah, I worked at this the effects studio that did the effects for it. Cool. Um, it's the idea that uh, you know the Alan Tudyk character had to have um, uh, had to have this substrate, you know, the show that he was supposed to be from, and that it just would not have worked as anywhere near as well had it not been fully fleshed out, a fully solidified foundation. Well, it's like having the you know Galaxy Quest all worked out before they they made that movie. You have to have something for the kids to dress up as, to quote, to to live. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it's important that uh, that we had all that um, in order to really make it. Confusing is not the right word, but we love it when people come up to us at a con and they're like, "Okay, so wait, what what came first? Like, where, like, wait, this is this actually is a comic book. This is like what? That's too much fun. That's too much comics fun. Comics coming out. We've got we've optioned a series to do a live action series. So we're really going full steam on Spectrum. We'd love to make a Spectrum movie one day. <laughs> and you'll and you'll just have as many hijinks going getting there. Oh yeah, it's uh, we're really excited, and it's a great world and. Because I've worked so long in the software and there's so much there, it's very easy to... I mean, we have over a thousand pieces of art already of that world um, that we've created with the software. And then there's an online component that I have called Rings of Orbis 
so you know it's a it's a pretty fleshed out world. I think there's over 26 different alien oh races. Gosh. There's an entire philosophy based on quantum physics. I mean, it's pretty elaborate. I've I've, I've read the first book, most of it anyway. I, uh, Susan's read the whole thing. She's she reads. At the speed of light. That's my superpower. It is. I can't look through clothing. I can't, you know, fly. <laughs> the, uh, in the first book, my editor wanted me to change the last line of the book so many times. We had what? such discussion. And, and it's one of the things that people bring up, you know, most to me is the last line of the first book. And uh, that was the one thing I really fought for is to not let them change that, the ending of the first book. And if you notice, she says the last line of every book. But if you have to read the book to understand why it's so important. I guess I won't pick it up and read it aloud then. Because <laughs> it, it would be rude. That would, that would be a spoiler. 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 Yeah. And then if you read if you read the if you read the whole series, you understand that the in essence the story is not about JT. No. It's about the scion and that's and then she now becomes the focal point of the Spectrum comics. And then she will be the the person they follow through the through the spectrum books, and uh, and if you have seen Con Man, the episodes eleven, twelve, and thirteen are actually the end of book one that I'm writing right now. So the the stuff that we did, which would be the was part of the the lost episode of the Spectrum TV series, is the end of book one. That uh, that I'm so it's, are you. <laughs> so are you are you having fun exploring the this new creative medium you know transmedia sort of weaving all of these different realities together it's nuts i mean doing a tv show writing comic book series making a video game writing a novel i mean it's it's insane and it all stitches together yeah, well, the rest of the together. the rest of the world is beginning to figure out that it's not easy to change, you know, go from one to another. I mean, the it's very important that you make each one a piece of entertainment, a good piece of entertainment in and of itself. You know, you can't just throw out a comic book there or slap up a video game just to throw a brand on there. I mean, we strive extremely hard to make the comic books look and and read damn well. The novels. They've got to be great novels. The game has got to be fantastic. Even so, if you just play that or just read that, you still have a fulfilled experience. And we really strive for that as opposed to just slapping something up there so that we can hold that space. Well, even the Oscars will honor uh, scripts that are derived from, from other media, like usually books. But uh, this has been going on a very long time. Yeah, it's going to keep going. Now, there's the Hitchhiker's Guide, which I've been also reading lately, and they changed the ending and stuff on every time it would change media. The book, oh, really? the first was the, um, the radio play, the radio the radio play. play first, then the, the book. book didn't end like the radio play did, the movie, the TV show didn't end like the either of them. <laughs> and then the movie didn't end like any of them. Yeah. Was that a creative thing, or was that done on purpose? I think they did it on purpose, just yeah. to mess with people. Yeah, yeah. And just, just to, uh, you know, oh, we're doing it over. What the hell? Let's try something new. And uh, The author had a better idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole idea of uh, uh, developing an intellectual property over multiple media, uh, it's rare that one writer 
gets to uh, shepherd the project through all of the various forms. And uh, I think this is this is what's going to make Spectrum and uh, the software series and Con Man <laughs> all all stand out because of that. Well, it, it was the fans that did it. It was the we went out to the fans and they gave us the money to go do it. I, I was I lined up. That. I was a Kickstarter. I I was in there. Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Yeah. Yep. They, uh, you know, so the fan, the fans are getting everything, you know, that they, that they, uh, that they pledged for right through to the, uh, right through to we deliver the game this summer. So, you know, if it wasn't for them, you know, we'd have to take a more linear fashion and then there'd be all the partners that would dilute it and the different <laughs> people would come aboard. And so, you know, we did it as a complete vertical brand and just pushed the whole thing out. And I, I've always wanted to do that with projects. I like doing that. I like controlling the world. And uh, some other projects that I'm looking at, I'm going to do the same thing. But uh, it's the best way to do it, in my opinion. Crazy takes up your whole life, but it's, but I, I love doing it this way. So, like every night, Alan calls you up and says, "What are we going to do tonight, PJ?" <laughs> same <laughs> thing we do every night. It's a little Pinky. bit like, "What did you do today, PJ?" My God, you <laughs> <laughs> try to take over the world. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's PJ and the brain. No, no, no. <laughs> we, tried it. we are in the writers' rooms together now every day, so it's a little easier to communicate. But when he was shooting Star Wars, um, you know, mm-hmm. it was tough. It was a time change, and you know, he's 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 offset, and he goes, yeah, "I got to go back out and fight stormtroopers," you know, and it's, it's be like, "Okay, bye, call me later." <laughs> he probably couldn't tell you that. It's you know, he couldn't he couldn't tell you what he was really doing. Tell me, it would start like, "You cannot repeat this." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and he wouldn't and tell we us. Can't, yeah. Well, and we had the crew. We had the courtesy not to ask as well, because you know this kind of thing gets people in serious trouble. Yeah, there's a lot of you people know it ruins. It's hard to keep under the wraps though, and it's such a it big is. project and so much well, fun, but. especially when you're so excited about what you're doing. Yeah, he's been good, and we've all been good. Mm-hmm. We haven't said boo about yeah. it. Yeah. It's uh, It was tough for us. He was gone for six months. Well, and, and that uh, says something right there, you know, because it means he plays a significant a significant character. And that's as much as we need to know right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to edit from from there. Like, so we mm. worked around the clock. He'd shoot and then he'd go back to his hotel and edit. And then it was, it was uh, he, I can't believe, I don't know how he did it. So I cannot complain about having to work too hard because... I don't know how. I, like I just don't know how he did it. And he's got uh, he's got the sunniest disposition. He's great. He's just he's wonderful. Yeah, it, the him. the interview that we had with him was just the funniest thing and and he's the so greatest funny. experience. He's, just, he's so funny. We have this running joke. He's like, I'm not the funny guy, and he goes, Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be the point where I would ask. So is there going to be a software book number five? Yeah, I've, but I've laid, no, I don't think out. I'm going to ask I've, that. I've laid it out, you know. So the so five through eight follows JT's search for Kisteria, and I just have to slow applause, slow clap. Always, I always had this vision where that I would split the series and do Kisteria's POV and then JT's POV as he searched for her and she ran away from him. But now with Spectrum, Spectrum is going to allow me to. To tell that what I want to do with Kitheria, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have this the great crew of the Spectrum and the and the humor that Alan will bring to the storyline and Nathan will bring to the storyline. 
And that's, uh, and that's going to be then Kithiria's story. And then I'm going to do four Spectrum books. And then the, the end of the books will all bring all, bring all both storylines back together, back on Earth, is my plan. And we will cry and yes. stand in line at the bookstores. Yeah, I hope I <laughs> swing that one. And wear our, our Nudnik sh- scarves <laughs> or whatever, you know. Nudnik, really? <laughs> Nudnik, Nudnik, and you know what? That was a placeholder, and it never changed. I see. Yeah, yeah Nudnik is actually a, a vocabulary word that my grandfather brought with him from Austria. Really? What does it mean? It's a boring or annoying person. Oh, that works. Yeah, or just yeah. Well, to uh, the to the you know the, the, the citizens and the, the ruling class. Yeah, uh, but that was just a that was a that was a, a, a placeholder, and then I couldn't couldn't replace it. Chits was another placeholder. And then you just you get stuck with something and then nothing works after you've been reading it for so many times. I mean, I wrote that first first book seven times, cover to cover. Mm. Was that was that the first uh, full book you ever wrote? I, I left English class in grade 10. I was going to be a doctor. I went to one year of med school. I just, I didn't want to do that. And uh, I hated English in school. I just didn't, didn't get it. I didn't like the books that we had to read. I was... I was not a reader, and I remember I was laying up at the cottage in Canada. You have cottages, you know, that's where everybody goes in the summer, mm-hmm. basically just shacks in the woods. And when it rains, there's nothing to do, and, and there's no TV. Even back then, the only, a TV only had five channels. And uh, I remember laying on the floor, and uh, my mom was a reader, most of those romance novels. And uh, she would buy books out of, uh, out of the, you know, the five and dime stores or the or the or flea markets and stuff, and the, most of them didn't have covers on them. So the, all the books in the shelves had no covers on them. So I was leaning over, and just out of sheer boredom, I couldn't even get up, and I and I flipped a book off the shelf, and I started reading it, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is great. And I kept reading, I kept reading it. I like, why can't they have books like this in school? And it was Stephen King's Carrie. <sighs> yes. And that got me into reading horror, and I just couldn't read. I couldn't like my dad built a library in my my uh, bedroom. I just devoured this stuff. And this is a guy that would not read. And then I well, read when it. you're stuck with Mayor of Casterbridge, oh yeah, you know, and it doing chapter by chapter analyses very of, of that sort of. I mean, the know. green light is just a green light, people. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Your your education is not lacking because uh, if there's anything that Stephen King could do, it's put together a story. Oh, I know. And then I read, and then I and then I'm, now I'm in school and I'm doing more science. And I read Orson Scott Card's Ender's Game. Oh mm. yeah, mm. I loved and that then, one. And then that was it. And then I got into. Then I was everything sci-fi. I loved time travel. I got into Heinlein really big. A lot of people compare compare my style of writing to his. Which I think is that's very high praise. I can I can see where they high would, praise. I, I, I can't even see my name and his in the same sentence. Well, I can see him in the same section of the library, though. Yeah, H shelf. A H E. I can I can see where they would say that. You have uh, your writing style is open and fluid and and very accessible. And part of the same age group. Yeah, you know, it's definitely like, the I, same tone as as uh, have spacesuit will travel. I really wanted to. Uh, because I, I, I just didn't see sci-fi. I saw it dropping off. It became very genre-esque. It was, it was over on TV. You know, it was, it was, it's you know, science fiction. I love the genre because it's the real one genre that you can just hold a mirror up to society and say whatever you want, just disguise it. 
you know, through aliens and different mm-hmm. different um, devices when, you know, you're really just pointing a finger right at yourself. And uh, it was really kids weren't picking it up. And I wanted to read a book where I write a book where I, the science is there. I spent a long time on the science, but I pulled those kids characters right up front and made it all about them. And so I, I wanted a, a young boy or, you know, a girl mm-hmm. even just to be able to pick that book up and read it for the characters and, and who was there and not be bogged down in science. A lot of science books, science fiction books I love. But, I mean, even I have to read the first couple pages over again or get a dictionary or start writing stuff down because they just they throw so much at you so fast that it's discouraging. Even I feel dumb. And then I figure if they read the software, then maybe they would go to get some uh, Asimov short stories mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, pick up some Heinlein and then, you know, get to Ender's Game. And, and this you really have to work your way up into science fiction until you can pick up some of those deeper topics and just dive into it and know that you've got to wade through the world building in the beginning. And that was really my intention with the software. And I've got a lot of praise from kids and people that go, I've never read science fiction, but I love your book. And, and, uh, and that, that makes me the happiest. You really do have an accessible writing style. And I think, and, and a, a good understanding of the, the emotional life of, you know, teeny, young people, you know, young yeah. people. And uh, I, I think that makes all the difference. Well, we've all been eleven. You know? yeah, we, yeah, we've all been eleven, but not everybody is in uh, sufficiently in touch with that uh, that eleven year old inside them to be able to write in that voice. Yeah, it's because he just never grew up. That's why. <laughs> that's what my wife tells me. Okay, well, that's okay. <laughs> Do you have kids? I have two. Uh, my little six year old is six today. She's been reminding us for the last 364 days. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, Zoe is six, and then Sky is ten. And Sky plays Gatheria in Con Man, and she's the girl on the cover of the first uh, comic book. Oh, how oh that's great. <laughs> yeah. I just, every, every time you come up with one of these, I just go, oh, yes, another piece of recursion. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many little things, and then, and then Zoe, she she got a little upset that Skyler was in this, and she got to act with Uncle Nathan, Uncle Alan, and you know her first thing was doing that, and and Zoe was a little bit like, when am I going to be in combat? Where's my part, Dad? Yeah, good and point. I didn't have one. She's too young; it didn't work. So I made James Raker, who's Nathan's character uh, that Jack Moore plays. She has a he has a kid, and you see it in the comic book. He's a kid, and uh, and I named her Zoe. And I was like, you know, this Zoe, this, see, this is you, Uncle Nathan. You should come be your dad in the comic book. And then when we do the comic book, that's going to be you right there. And she was like, good. Now tell me about my dress. What does my dress look like? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, Zoe, I don't know. We haven't, you know, we do. We're not there yet. Titles will do that. And she's like, oh. Okay, well, look at my. I need my dress to look like this. <laughs> Zoe, yeah. you know, you put someone in a book, they and want then, control. And then I go, but Zoe, you know, your character's dead. And she looks at me, she pauses, and she goes, You're going to have to change that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know but see, that's the downside of putting your friend's uh-huh. family in a book. Well, what happens to me? Yeah. We love Moby here. Dick, but did it have to be a whale? Yeah. <laughs> so true. But, uh, they're having fun with that. It. That is that's well, adorable. Uncle Nathan, there's uncle a fun, Nathan. there's a mental construct right there. He must be the kind of uncle that like gives the kid a drum. 
he's, noisy he's toys. When, he left, when they have to leave him, he's so he's so sweet and nice. And he just he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room, and kids love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they call fifty year old kids love that too, and that's yeah. just the yeah, that's true. You've got uh, a little bit of a fan following yourself, actually. I think it's more rubbing off from being around Nathan <laughs> Allen, though, I think. I don't know about that. I was at WonderCon. You know, I would just, I had just done the, done the rounds in the exhibit hall and walking around and, uh, meeting with everybody I could, you know, everybody that I could recognize and everybody that recognized me. And, uh, you know, just taking a break. And I was chilling out in the, you know, over where the tables were, you know, where people would sit down and eat. And this bunch of fans, Sat down on the table and they were all burbling about how they just talked with, uh, they were going to go off to see PJ Harzma <laughs> and dropping your name right and left. And I thought, oh, jeez. They only knew. <laughs> Did you come to the panel? We gave a good panel. Yeah, I, unfortunately, panel. I missed it. I was only there on Sunday. Yeah, we give a good panel. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure I, I wished I could have seen it, but I was only there on Sunday. We're going to be at uh, Emerald City. We're not doing a panel, though. Nathan's going to be there signing, and then I'm going to have a con man booth up on the Sky Bridge, this time with We Love Fine, who does all mm-hmm. our T-shirts and that. So I'm going to be I'm going to be with them. It's a great company. Oh, we, we need a T-shirt. Yeah, we do. Got to go look up those T-shirts. Yeah. And, Are they uh, online? So that'll be, the, we'll be that con, and then we go into pre-production on Con Man Season 2, May 1st, and then we're, we're going to hit the Phoenix con at the end of, at the end of May in and the then, middle there, there's Weedonopolis, isn't there? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm at Weedonopolis. That's true too. I forgot. I know. I knew that because I'm working on the convention. When is that one? Uh, you were going to ask me that, weren't you? I, I think I'm speaking with Felicia or something, or we're there together. Or I don't know. I can't remember. I, the, <laughs> the lovely lady from there keeps coming around, and reminding me. Marcia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Marcia the Powers. Amazing, the amazing Marcia. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, and uh, Krypton Radio is going to have a panel as well. Where, oh, cool. Yeah, we're talking about our, our uh, space opera, Halfway Home Adventures in the Asteroid Belt. Plug, plug, cool. plug. <laughs> yeah. That's good. You are the plug like Yeah, so we're all, we're all going to be there. <laughs> well, we'll get a drink afterwards. Sounds, I'm, serving, yeah. I'm serving the drinks. I'm running the con suite. <laughs> I'll be, that's where you'll find the me. bar. Very good. That's where you will find me. They have a decent bar at this rest at this hotel. Huh? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. It's uh, we need we need to like rate convention hotels by their bar. Hmm. That's what we're trying to do. We're doing this con community thing for con man con community, where we're keeping the list of all the fans and supporters and and giving them sort of inside information. Okay, if you're at this con, we're going to be drinking here Saturday night. Come by. We're going <laughs> to eat at this place. It's really good. Or you know, we'll be a panel here. So and so will have a panel here. And uh, you know, just sort of give them some inside information to the people that you know supported us through Indiegogo and then meets us at the booths and signs up and. And sometimes we'll just go there, like Al and I will go someplace and we'll tweet from the bar we're at and go, we're going to be here. We're here right now. And then they come over. And somehow they always find out. We did one in Orlando and they showed up with this cake. And, uh, a cake? <laughs> nice. It was funny. It was good. That's awesome. But, and they had cake. <laughs> come on. You know, yeah. usually they just have things to sign. Sign my cake. So Candlewick is the publisher? Uh-huh. Are they um, division? I think of Random House and now Random House and Penguin are together. 
Oh, okay. There can be only one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Golf well, and Devour well, Incorporated. The books are coming back to me slowly, and then I'm going to, I'm trying to find some different way to do it. I might do something with my buddy, Frank Bedore, who's got automatic publishing. We have a game company together, and he has that great uh, Alice in Wonderland series of Looking Glass Wars, and he's got the new Hatteram Ghost in a Hatterbox, I think it's called. Sorry, I'm going to screw that title up. He's got that coming out. He's got his own imprint now inside, I think it's inside Random House. So Mike over there, I might try to do something in an app format. I've just, you know, the publishing industry needs a little shake up and I've taken it upon myself to figure out how to do that. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty ambitious. I mean, the whole, just the, the scope of the whole thing is just, it makes my mind real. Well, it can exist in every medium and he's going to find them all. I am. We've got the Motions comics coming out with May mm-hmm. 5. They look amazing. We're going to have the comic books, all digital comics on Cosmic, Cosmic, Cosmicology. Uh, the physical comics, of course, coming out uh, free comic book day. So I was going to bring that up. Yeah, we're going to be at five or six different bookstores on free comic book day. So if you go to conmantheseries.com, we'll have a posting mm-hmm. of where we're going to be. Alan, myself, and Shannon are going to be signing. That's going to be uh, around in uh, Southern California. Yeah, all the yeah all around, around Los Angeles. California. And then the following week, I think we're going to do Golden Apple and Meltdown by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to hit the comic book store, Collector's Paradise, where we shot some of Con Man and Comic Bug. And there's a whole bunch of them that we're going to do. And then I think on the 15th, Wednesday the 15th, we're going to be up at a comic book store in San Jose uh, signing as well. So we'll really be pushing the comic books in May. You said something a minute or two ago that, that caught my ear. Gaming company. Gaming publishing? Yeah, I've been a big fan of games forever, and I'm so excited. We have the Con Man game coming out. Um, uh, we're going to launch it during uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So we've been working with Freema up in Canada, who I've written some games for, and uh, and they've we've tapped them to create the game, the Con game, where you build your own con and you have to oh, yes. fight Alan, back. Alan talked it, a little yeah. bit about this. Yeah, you I have remember. To fight back the aliens of Spectrum and start tearing up your boots. So you have to have super fans that, that <laughs> back. So you whack them with a poster. That's worth so much. But a signed poster, now that's got even more hit points. <laughs> because nothing it can be weirder than real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these no, conventions. They, they wouldn't be hitting people with those posters. No, no, not the signed one. <laughs> We're just super excited about that, and so. Uh, you know, and I also have the Rings of Orbis game on, mm-hmm. online, and I've designed the Card Soldier Wars game for Frank. And so it's gaming—it's been a passion. It's just you know, it's finding the right project and getting the right capital, and you know, it's not an easy industry to just walk into and go, "Hey, I want to make a game." Boy, no, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Um, is this a tabletop game? Cards? Uh... It's a iOS and Android. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it looks great. Looks so good. So it'll, it'll be, be the first out in the back of the comic book. So most of the funding for these various projects has come through uh, Indiegogo. Is, yeah, is that right? Everything. Everything. That's wow. Are you going to so launch impressive. another? Are they going to launch another campaign for this? You know how much work that is. Yes, oh, yes. actually, yes, actually we, we, do. we do. A year later, and I'm still dealing with it. Forty six thousand fans. Fantastic, beautiful fans. I love them, but customer service for forty six thousand people is insane when there's just a couple of you. Yep. 
Yep, so, that's true. We, and then well, with our schedule being so elongated, you know, we had to ship separate shipments, and it just it made it difficult to do it efficiently. And, uh, and yeah, uh, fulfillment so is fulfillment yeah. is is the back end of it, and it's the the, the part that a lot of uh, crowdfunders, yeah, don't don't think about until it's too late. Yeah, you know, we've been disappointed enough that I am I I as a a contributor am happy to wait until it gets here. You yeah, know. you got to kind of have to, as long as it gets there. You know, the DVD starts shipping today. So that took the longest. Yay! Yeah, so they're going out. And uh, and that's it. That's the end of fulfillment for us. The DVD is the last thing. That's, that's great. We're going to get one. Cool. Yeah, so um, what... Uh, oh, gosh, there's so many threads to pull on here. I hardly know where to begin. Um, how long does it take you to to uh, get a, a a cycle of con man shot? I a mean, month. you've done one, so you, basically you've got one a to month. go on. It takes a, us a month, a month to shoot it. That's it. Six weeks to prep it, a month to shoot it, and three months of post. Wow. Yeah, we cross board it, so it's you know we don't shoot it as linear episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that we can you know kind of shoot it like a movie. It's about 120 minutes of content. Which is like a long movie, so it's mm-hmm. like four weeks and a couple of days. Yeah, that's the thing that uh, a lot of people don't realize about movies is that they're not shot in in the sequence that you see them on screen. They're shot by location. All the scenes that need to take place in a certain place are all shot at once, and, and then and you shot cut. by schedule. You know, and you have to yeah. move stuff around. And, you know, we have so many celebrities in Con Man. It's just lining up those schedules to where they'd actually work. I'm even surprised we did what we did. And just getting everybody to show up at the right place at the right time, you know, yeah, and getting yes. all those schedules. And the more people involved, the worse it gets. Oh, my God. It's insane. Oh, yes. Going through much the same thing ourselves on our own, our, on our own productions. But uh, you, you do it. You get through it and, you know, and you make it as best as you can. And I think we did a good job with comment. I'm certainly it's, I'm one of the things I'm most proud of. It's uh, it's got every every piece it needs it's it's finished it's polished it's got a, a, a strong foundation and uh it has worlds of possibility and so, so what's next spectrum the string quartet well we're looking at writing a <laughs> musical in season two so, i'm musical yeah. excuse me so while there's, I there's lots of cool stuff I, I i can't say anything now it's I've said too much already. Alan gets mad at me, so I have to keep mum. Get Felicia Day. She can sing. I get so excited of everything. (laughs) But uh, lots of crazy, hilarious things for uh, season two, that's for sure. Well, make sure we have the uh, closed captioning because those make good, you know, sing-along tracks. Yes, yes. We did it for this one, and we did it on the DVD, too. So Okay, well, that's good to hear. We'll continue to do that. So, um... Let's see, the Spectrum comic book. It's going to be out for uh, free comic book day. It is, so, it is just yeah. one, Middle of March. one issue? There's four issues. There's four issues. So issue zero uh-huh. of free comic book day. But it's a full issue. It's not a, a little tease or anything. It's the full first issue of the story. And then a new issue every month. And then we'll put out the, the full graphic novel at the end, like all four together in a bound cover. So have you had... Uh, have you had What's it, what's it been like getting uh, the distributors to pick up the uh, the miniseries? Um, 
So Diamond really has the monopoly on everything, and that yeah. across negatively. But they're the guys that you go through. So um, Frank Vidor uh, stepped in, and, and we just went with automatic publishing, and uh, he got it in. And so we had a great first order, you know, very high number, which we were very happy with for Free Comic Book Day. And then it's just a matter of people making sure that their stores order the next three issues, so that uh, you know you can get the you can get the story. So and I, I hope they will. Well, then everybody in in uh, the sound of our voices here have to go out and get uh, issue one, actually issue zero. Well, issue one now just start the people start ordering it now. So you know, make sure you call your comic book store and ask them for Con Man Spectrum issue one, and uh, and then that way it'll, uh, they'll they'll start ordering it for us. So free comic book day. I thought that was May first. Seventh, seventh, May seventh, and I think the next issue comes out June tenth, mm-hmm. and then July and August. So who's who's the artist and uh, colorist for, for Sarah Stone? Did it all. She did the whole thing, kit and caboodle. She's just amazing. Wow, and, uh, she's really really good. And we're really happy with what she did, and uh, and uh, love having a female artist. And she just did a unbelievably amazing job we'd give the sell the posters of the covers and you know they're so beautiful i took off all the names and everything just just put the art on a poster and people just stop by and they go wow what's this wow this is amazing and they buy it not even knowing what it is because they just want to hang it on their walls yeah that's that's when you know you've got it you know when you've got it right and that's what we kind of wanted to do you know with every element of this you know we just made sure that it was perfect's not the right word but we just put our love into it you know we really gave it our time at every corner it's i'm that's sorry that's it starts with love and it ends with it love. is that's, it, uh, and that's what makes all the difference and it, it's uh or the alternative is you end up with something like oh i don't know <coughs> batman v superman <laughs> Hey, they got to be careful. They got it. They can't. They're going to kill the superhero movie if they just, if they don't. Uh, like I like Deadpool. Deadpool mm-hmm. you know, gave me a new angle of it. Uh, I liked what uh, Christopher Nolan did when he resurrected it in the beginning. The his Batman that he did right in the beginning. Yeah, you know, the Christopher Nolan I, uh, Batman movies were really good. I like it when they you know go and do something you know take a different spin on it or and mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's it reminds me of what was it was like Godzilla versus King Kong. Those yeah, B movies from days gone by in black and white were just like, who made this crap? <laughs> it's it's when you take such a cynical view of the material, you know. You know, and, you and didn't just, have you didn't have Godzilla having angst moments and and saying, "Do I really need to, you know, stomp on Tokyo today?" <laughs> but DC, you know, you know, they're crying all the way to the bank. Yeah, or you know, Godzilla goes to a bar and says, "You call this a Manhattan? Where are all the screaming people?" <laughs> I'm sorry. It still made a ton of money. Like yeah, yeah, it did. Even, uh, but but is anyone going to go back and see it twice? I don't know. Yeah, don't know. Batman we'll v Superman. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's a see once movie. You know, it doesn't have the same. It doesn't have the same kind of heart that that your production does. Uh, even though your production Ooh, nice. is a lot smaller. Nice. Nice, really good segue back to the material at hand. I like that. That was nice. Nice. Well done. You've but done you'll, this before. You know, it, it, what you do has heart. You know, and and uh, Thank you. boy, it shows in every frame. And you know, and, and every page. And every page. And 
it has been a great pleasure having you with us on this week's episode of The Event Horizon. I love that. Anytime. Maybe we can uh, talk after you read the comic book. Yeah, I'd love to do that. We'll be there. We I have actually been... have some. I can send some to you. Oh, that would be now. cool. That would be cool. I won't say no. <laughs> we have been speaking with PJ Har- Harzma, author of the Softwire series. Um, the books are Virus on Orbis 1. Oh, do I have to read all these? Betrayal yes. on Orbis 2. Wormhole Pirates... Yo-Ho on Orbis 3 and The Awakening on Orbis 4. And I see a pattern there. Yes. Uh, yeah, one well, one the, for each ring, each yeah, ring of Orbis. Say, you know, that he's done writing because there's, they're out of, they're, he's, they're out out of rings. rings. <laughs> yeah. Well, then they have to go and find some... They have to go on a mission. A, 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 oh, I don't know. A... Um, you know the Fellowship of the Rings. The uh, no. <laughs> you got a quest. You got a quest, quest for the ring. ring. Drop drop the rings of Orbis into the black hole. No. To no. No. <laughs> you know, you'd have to toss Gollum in there with him. Softwire, <laughs> Spectrum, Con Man, know it, love it, buy it. <laughs> Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us this evening for episode 131 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for April 2nd, 2016, with your hosts, Susan L. Fox and Gene Turnbow. Our guest this evening has been science fiction writer and producer P.J. Harzma, author of the Softwire series and producer of Con Man, starring Alan Tudyk. This episode will air again on April 3rd, 2016 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, Thursday, and the following Saturday. Once all the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others as downloads on KryptonRadio.com and on iTunes and Stitcher as podcasts. If you are an author or other creator and would like to be on the show, please contact our production manager, Kat Carter, at CatCarter at KryptonRadio.com. If you would like to become a patron of the Geeky Arts, you can do so for as little as $1 to $5 a month. Please visit Patreon.com slash KryptonRadio to join the Krypton Radio family of patrons. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by Mark Schermeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by legendary science fiction writer Larry Niven. This program and its contents, except where provided by others, are copyright 2016 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.